Good to be with you, church. Uh, if you haven't already, I'd like to invite you to pause the video and read our Bible passage for the day, which is John chapter 15, verses 18 through the end of the chapter, verse 27. So read that aloud together or to yourself, and then we'll meditate on God's word together. So have you heard of this coronavirus thing? It's kind of a big deal. Uh, actually, that's what Laura said to me when I came into the office at IPC on a Tuesday morning in January. And during that time, my family and I, we were all in the middle of a screen detox. So we were not aware of what was happening in the world. And that was kind of the beginnings of rumors of all that we're now experiencing. So, of course, Laura asked me and I said, no, what are you talking about? And I looked kind of stupid. Well. Here we are, uh, two months later, and I think it's safe to say that we're all kind of surprised by what has happened. You know who wasn't surprised, though? Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft. Uh, last night I watched a TED Talk by Bill Gates that he gave in 2015, just five years ago. And he said in that TED Talk, he said, you know what, the next big threat to the world and its health and millions of people might be, not nuclear war, but rather a virus of some kind. And he said that the world wasn't ready for it. Now, I don't know much, but five years later, and having experienced the last couple of weeks, it really seems like the world wasn't ready for this. Well, here in our passage, Jesus gathers with his disciples in the upper room and they're gathered kind of like we're gathered here today in these little upper rooms. And in the upper room, the Lord Jesus tells us that there will be trouble ahead, that we shouldn't be surprised, that we in fact should be ready for what will happen. And as his followers, Jesus says, we've got to do three things. He says we have to resist our sore temptations, we have to relish our sweet truths, and we have to remember our simple testimony, resist our sore temptations, relish our sweet truths, and remember our simple testimony. So Jesus, with us here in the upper room uh, to speak to us today, let's listen closely to what he's teaching us so that we can be ready for whatever happens. So first he says, we need to resist our sore temptations. What are these sore temptations? Why does Jesus tell his friends about the way the world is going to hate them? About the violence and the disrespect that they'll experience from the world because they're following Jesus. Well, he tells them this because he knows our sore temptations. Jesus knows that we will have two main temptations when it comes to persevering in following him. Temptation number one. When everything is going great, we are sorely tempted to think that the world is our best friend. Temptation number two, when the world suddenly starts to seem like our enemy, we are sorely tempted to think that God has abandoned us and that our mission is impossible. The first temptation to try to be friends with the world, this is a problem for us because Jesus says, Opposition and frustration and even attack 
will come to us. And if you're not expecting it, the world will surprise you with its cruelty, and it will feel like your world is collapsing all around you. The world, Jesus says, is a fair-weather friend. And the second temptation, to think that the world is capable of ultimately destroying you, destroying us, to think that trouble means that God has abandoned you, has abandoned us, this is a problem for us because then what happens to us? When we think that the world will destroy us, then we start to hate the world. And when we do that, we've forgotten this most famous passage in the same gospel from John, the most famous Bible verse ever. That's John 3.16, that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, not to condemn the world out of hatred for it, but to save it in love. So we can't hate the world. Right now, we are experiencing the world as an unstable and volatile and even scary and dangerous place. And it feels like sometimes the world is trying to kill us. As followers of Jesus, it's not ultimately people who are threatening us, and it's not ultimately even nature that's threatening us. But friends, if we don't listen to what Jesus is saying here in the upper room, and especially in our next chapter, chapter 16, that we will have plenty of trouble here in the world. If we don't listen carefully to Jesus, then what happens is all of our animal instincts will take over. We will fight, we will flee, or we will freeze. But we won't be able to be faithful disciples of Jesus because he didn't call us in order to fight or flee or freeze. You see, whether it's persecution or whether it's a virus, it's not ultimately people or nature that are against us. Who is our conflict with? What is our conflict with? Well, our conflict, Paul tells us, Ephesians chapter 6, is with the spiritual forces that are out there who want to use people, who want to infect people with hatred and use those people that it has infected to intimidate us. Our conflict is with the spiritual forces out there who want to infect people with a virus like this one and maybe use it to silence our Christian witness in the world. So Jesus says in verse 26 here, the spirit comes to tell the world about the grace and glory of Jesus. And then verse 27, we also must testify. And it's this testimony that the forces of evil is trying to stop. This testimony that Jesus is Lord, that God loves the world, that though our sins are many, his mercy is more, that we can turn from our sin and have abundant life. This message, friends, this message scares the forces of evil so very much. And so they try as hard as they can to shut this good news down before it spreads all over the face of the earth the way that the waters cover the sea. The evil spiritual world has its own pandemic response center too. And the virus that they're desperately trying to keep from spreading is the good virus, the good, contagious, life-altering news of Jesus Christ. And these forces will do anything to slow down the spread of this good news. And so Jesus says, don't give in to these sore temptations, temptations to be a friend or an enemy of the world, 
to be infatuated with the world or to hate the world. Don't assume that the world is your friend because you're going to have trouble and don't let the world intimidate you when that trouble inevitably comes. So the reason that Jesus has to say these things to us in the upper room is because of our sore temptations. But secondly, the things that he says to us in the upper room, he says to us so that we will know and relish our sweet truths. What are these sweet truths? Well, Jesus says, verse 19 here, he says, don't forget, you don't actually belong to the world anyway. I have chosen you out of the world, and now you belong to me instead. And so all of the hostility that you might experience, people intimidating you because you belong to Jesus, a natural disaster, a global pandemic that might threaten to stop the church's mission, you experience these things precisely because you belong to Jesus, because he has handpicked you to be his own. You don't belong to the world, but to him. And so it's your status. Isn't this something? It's your status as the treasured possession of Jesus, known and loved by him, that actually intimidates the forces of darkness in the spiritual realm. It's the love that Jesus has lavished on us while we were still sinners that sends the evil forces scrambling in fear, looking for any possible way to stop us. And sweet truth number one that we need to relish is that he has chosen us then for himself. Stop and relish that truth. Jesus has picked us and chosen us to be his own possession. And that leads us to sweet truth number two that we need to relish. Jesus chose us to be in sweet fellowship and in business with himself, but also, verse 21, with the one who sent Jesus, which he says, verse 23, is the Father. And who else, while we're in business with Jesus and his Father, who else is in sweet fellowship and in business with us? Well, it's verse 26, God's Holy Spirit. Friends, think about this. What empowered Jesus to resist the temptation that he must have felt as a real human to fight, to flee, or to freeze when the world started being hostile to him? What was it? It was the presence of his Father through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit stayed so close to Jesus' heart during his ministry and his mission that nothing could ultimately cause him to back down from bearing witness in word and in deed. And so Jesus is saying that this same Holy Spirit stays so close to our hearts that nothing should keep us from testifying in words and deeds that Jesus is Lord, from telling the world that God loves the world despite its brokenness and even its hostility. This afternoon in my study, when I was preparing this, of course, the Tom Petty song, I Won't Back Down, got stuck in my head. And I found on Spotify that there's probably 25 different people who have covered that song. And so I just went through and listened to all 25 versions, not exactly, but close to it, of this Tom Petty song, I Won't Back Down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. And actually, Jesus is the one that this song reminds me of. Because by the Spirit's power, what a sweet truth this is, by the way. He is the one who stood up straight and tall at the gates of hell and did not back down. And by his same Spirit, we, his people, can stand there too 
and not back down. Friends, the sweet truth is that we get to know our master like a friend. We get to know our God as a father, and we get to know and experience God's spirit as a helper inside of us and always at our side. So friends, we are never alone, no matter what the world might throw at us. And we need, Jesus says, in the face of everything the world throws at us, to relish these sweet truths. So if our sore temptations are to fight, uh, to flee, or to freeze, because we've been surprised by the experience of the world and the trouble we find there, and if the sweet truths that we need to relish are that actually we're servants of and we're friends with the Father, Son, and Spirit, and we've been chosen to belong to Jesus, then the next question is, what is this all for? Jesus warns us of these sore temptations, and he comforts us with these sweet truths for a purpose, and that is so that we will give simple testimony. We need to remember, Jesus says, our simple testimony. I've chosen you, verse 19, from the world. Why? Well, for a lot of things, but especially, verse 27, to bear witness to that same world. Friends, when the Father so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus, he sent Jesus, John tells us in his gospel over and over, as the word in human flesh. And that means it's Jesus' job to speak and to act with love and mercy and grace and truth. And friends, in these days, even especially in these days, when it would be easy for us, maybe even understandable for us, to become intimidated by this virus, to care, therefore, only for ourselves, to sit in our apartments and listen to the news all day, to read our Facebook feeds constantly. Well, Jesus has actually another plan for us, and that is to remember our simple testimony. Our actions and our words really matter right now. The way that we speak to one another the way that we care for one another, the way that we love one another in the church family, even despite all of this distance, speaks to the world about the character of Jesus. The way that we love our neighbors living around us, especially the vulnerable neighbors we have, matters right now. And our prayers, yes, our hand-washing is important. Our social distancing is important. But our prayers also matter deeply right now. And yes, finally, and maybe most importantly, the opportunities that we have to actually open our mouths and tell others about this hope that they see in our lives that's observable to them, why we're calm, why we're looking out for others and not just ourselves. These opportunities to speak of Jesus, to put a good word in for the Lord Jesus, matter right now. We need to understand this. This is simple testimony that we need to remember. Nobody is asking you to be a superhuman hero here. Jesus is simply asking you to be a simple witness. Verse 27, you must also testify, Jesus says. Why? He says, because you have been with me from the beginning. Friends, you've experienced 
Jesus' tenderness. You've had his sweet truths, I hope, wash all over you. And you've grown, haven't you, in your ability with the Spirit's help to resist these sore temptations. And now you're prepared. You're prepared to bear simple witness. And there's so much more that we could say about these verses. We could have a sermon series on persecution and on the way that the people of the world might often be enemies of Jesus. And we will, Lord willing, come back to this passage some other time. Perhaps especially on the Sunday when we look at the persecuted church around the world. But friends, for right now, I just want you to see these simple things. Resist our sore temptations. You're going to have trouble in this world. Don't be surprised and don't shut down. Relish our sweet truths. You don't belong to this world, but to the Lord Jesus who bought you with his own life. So enjoy his closeness in these times in your heart by the Spirit. And lastly, remember our simple testimony. Your God and Father loved the world so much that he sent Jesus not to condemn, but to save and it's good news. So make the goodness of this good news evident in your attitude, in your actions, and especially in clear, humble, specific words about Jesus, whose name has become sweet to your ears, and whose name we want and we hope and we pray, even in a time like this, will begin to be sweet to others' ears as well. So may the Lord bless you as you stand firm in these bizarre times. Take heart, though, because as Jesus says in the upper room, he has overcome the world, and he's done it at the cross and in the resurrection and by his spirit even now for your good and for his glory. Amen. Father, please seal your word to our hearts so that we might know the closeness of Jesus and the mission to which he calls us as a church. Give us as one particular church many opportunities to demonstrate your love for us in the days ahead, despite all the craziness around us, and bring us through this time stronger than before, not because of our might and our strength, but because Jesus is great and glorious. Make him great and glorious in our midst and in our city and in the world, even at a time like this. And we make our prayer together in his name. Amen.